Welcome to the Metacron, episode one, um, but more importantly, this is in between season 43 and season 44. So this show is taking place, taking the place of the Meta Minute, I guess. Um, well, I'll still do the Meta Minute after the first week, probably after the first week of each season. This is particularly just looking at Datacrons in between the two seasons. Even more particularly, it's only looking at the Datacrons that are currently farmable, so the current set that's in Conquest. Um, at least this is how the current schedule works with, um, with Conquest. So this is only looking at set 10. I'm not looking at set 9 in terms of recommendations. Um, I'm only looking at set 10. I include like my recommendations for the set from based upon uh, what's available in set nine already, like what you're fighting against, and what potentially we're going to, what we're going to lose in set nine when it expires in one month, and what we'll get in set ten. So this is all about the PvP meta for Datacrons. So this is all game modes: five v five, three v three, and territory wars. No, it's not about arena. Um, chatting with somebody and they were asking about that. So I'm also only focusing on set 10 because this is the one that you've been effectively, this is your last conquest you have at the time of this recording, you have like nine days and a bit left. Farm, most people are probably like getting through to some of the, the later nodes. Um, this is especially important now, I believe, because for the first time since we had Datacrons, well, there's two changes they made last season or for set 10. Um, the ability to apply them at Relic 1, 3, and 5 versus Relic 3, 5, and, and 7. Um, but I think far more importantly, and one that is unlikely to change, is Datacron materials available in the Shard Shop. This is huge for your ability, again, depending on if they keep the materials there the same, for your ability to customize Datacrons to your liking. Because effectively, it's best place to get data cache and reroll materials. And those are both vital to having good datacrons. Um, with set 10, what that means is that it's quite a bit easier to reroll, cheaper, if you would. I mean, it all depends on your priorities, of course, what else you're doing. But charge up currency is, is valuable, but to make a very good datacron, it's much easier to get more datacrons to a higher level and reroll the level three and level six abilities to get what you want. For this set in particular, set 10, um, that makes a lot of sense because those are where the key abilities are and they're pretty easy to get re-rolls wise. Another change they made in Datacrons, I'm not actually sure if I wrote that down here, but um, you might have noticed that some characters that share factions like in set 10, uh, Captain Rex, he's a clone trooper and he's Phoenix. Kanan and Ezra, they're Jedi and they're Phoenix. So you can get their level nines um, if you go up the Phoenix path as a level six or you go up the Jedi path as a level six. So that's quite cool. I mean, the level nine abilities are exactly the same, um, but it makes it so that you can use the level six ability of each one, either one of the factions you want to go with. The only one that really matters with, I guess, is Kanan, um, but it's a neat, neat little, uh, neat little touch.
sorry, not Kanan. I mean, the only one that really matters left is uh, Captain Rex. Kanan's level nine is not great. So, the overall goal of this show, I am not giving a Datacon review. I am not going over every single ability. I'm not going over what is your best 20 or your best 30, 32 or something like that. Uh, I think it's 30, 30 you said. Your best 30 Datacrons. I'm not giving a review compared, like best set of 60 you can have to, I'm not doing any of that. There's a lot of fantastic resources out there. We have one of them, grandarenascience.com slash datacrons. It's an updated list of not every datacron, but for, I don't know, hundreds, but for many, many, many teams, it gives recommendations for level three, level six, level nine, for the stats notes on where they fit in, whether it's offensive, defensive, etc. That is an awesome tool, mostly 388 who manages that and gathers feedback and puts that in there. And there's a lot of guides from excellent creators that go over all of them, give you little charts and diagrams and all of that. That's not what this particular show is about. This is really about what is the best value for all PvP modes combined, not what is the best for TW, not the best for GAC, 3, 3, 5, 5, whatever. But if you have a limited amount of resources or you want to prioritize, you know, what datacrons or what, it, it's not even necessarily a particular datacron, although that's the format that I put it for the, there's 10. I'm gonna talk about 10 datacrons. That's the format I put for these 10 datacrons. It's more, what are the abilities what teams do you use these datacrons with? Obviously the most valued datacrons you can use across a variety of teams. So depending on whether you're putting out offense or defense, depending on which teams you're facing, what you're trying to counter. Again, depending on whether you're, you, it's best if you can use a datacron in 3v3, 5v5, and TW, obviously. That's fantastic. And every guild has different TW requirements. This is very, very different. Some guilds, they just hope you have datacrons, you know, and they, they don't build counters around particular datacrons. More competitive guilds, of course, will, will ask you to roll, you know, one of this, one of that, one of whatever. Um, and that's all different from guild to guild. And I think many competitive PVPers will use those same datacrons in GAC. Uh, but there's certainly a benefit to some GAC particular datacrons because of how Omicrons work. And, some teams are totally different and you'd use certain setups in, in uh, TW that you would never use in GAC and vice versa. So I consider all of that when I build this list of 10 datacrons that I think are the most bang for your buck. If you can buy all the PvP ones together because you only have the same datacrons to use in all these modes. So how did I format that? I tried to format it as simply as possible. So the actual datacron, the teams that they can be used in, and then some notes I have about each one. And we'll go through and try and talk about all of them. I'm not gonna read everything that I wrote down. Uh, this text will be, this is on Spotify as well. This text will be on the Spotify show notes if you wanna look at it there. Um, or you can pause and look at the screen here. It should be readable on the left-hand side. I also have, um, I'll bring up some of the particular Datacron stuff here on GG on their Datacron page for some reference reference details. So I, I put this in two sections, these 10 Datacrons into two total sections. One of them 
are, uh, I don't know, I call them the amazing five, but the best five, the most valuable, the MVPs, or the M MVDCs, I guess, most valuable data problems. Um, and these are focused primarily on, I mean, again, as much as possible, all game modes. Also, these tend to be proven against the existing set, which is set nine. So they get a little bit of bump in evaluation because of what they can do versus the set nine teams, which is what we have to fight for another month. It's harder to say these are going to be, I mean, I think many of them will be great versus set 11, even though we have no clue what it is yet. Um, but that's just speculation in my opinion and how the data comes work. I think a lot of people have undervalued set 10 just because of how useful the set nine level three is. It makes all the teams a little bit stronger, but set 10 has some crazy good stuff. And I really think that set 10 is a 5v5 set more than a 3v3 set. So I think we'll see a lot more of that, uh, the power in this upcoming GAC season. And people have seen it for sure already in, in Territory Wars. It just, we don't have as many opportunities or not as common to share that. So let's go through. The first one is actually, I maybe cheated a little bit. Um, I think you should duplicate this particular Datacron uh, because you will need at least two of them in every game mode. And in many cases, you'll need, not need, you really want like three or four or something. So this is for Jedi. In all of the Jedi Datacrons, you want to speed up at the level three, um, and then you want the stacking for the level six. That's going to be a foresight to gain more offense up to two, up to 200% double your offense. Um, right now, it's not as super common because a lot of the JML teams are not super common. It's not the only one you use for Jedi because JML teams still use protection from set nine. But the more that you have uh, Jedi Cal available, you probably are not going to need protection as much. You just want to build damage and Jedi Cal gives a lot of damage and it gives the instant hit. So you're not racing as much against the tanks and stuff like that. The insta kill on insta hit. Uh, and this is just great because it's totally up to the, the player or the team to stack. It's not dependent on other variables. Like you're not hoping you don't get hit or something like that. It's just gaining foresight, not keeping foresight active. It can be removed. It's fine. Uh, but just gaining it in the first place gives you that offensive boost. Uh, so that is what I think the, by the way, the first five, this is not an order one, two, three, four, five. I think all of these are, you'll want at least these five data crons at the very minimum in all game modes. The next one is clones. So this is like a generic clone data cron where you want speed up and then it's level three. Most of these are speed up level threes, by the way, but not all, not all. Um, and then you want the level six uh, stacking. And that's this one. I'll bring it up on the screen here in case you're not familiar with it. When any clone ally uses the basic, all clone trooper allies get 5% critical damage. Critical damage, not offense. It's not like the Jedi version or the Phoenix version where they get stacking offense. Um, the only thing is for the clones, there is no cap which is quite amazing, uncapped damage, but they have to crit for it to make a difference. So this is basically 501st and Bad Batch. You also have 
you know, you have Cody and Clone Sergeant and Rex in there, but Rex is probably going to be with Phoenix. So it's really, this is in fives, at least in TW, this is two Datacrons, but most of the time people are just going to have one to put on offense or put on defense potentially. Um, and there's a lot of varieties of like different stacks you can build and stuff like that. But this is one that is a, a staple. At the very least, you can just put it with your Bad Batch team. All your Bad Batch team are going to be really three anyway. Easy to equip, easy to use, fantastic. Because at least for one more season, it's most likely you'll be having the level level set nine rather with gas, just to make them so beefy. Um, and we don't know yet what's set set eleven. If there is no good light side one in set eleven you'll probably move to a, a clone-based Datacron. So the fourth one, I'll say here, because uh, I said the Jedi, you should have two of them, is the Phoenix. Phoenix, unfortunately, are not great in 3v3. Now you can use a Captain Rex Datacron for Phoenix in 3v3, but Captain Rex is actually, in 3v3, his, his Omicron works like he gets bonuses from clones, I think probably his best use is anyway with Saw, Saw Guerrera, because um, Captain Rex is a rebel fighter too. Is he a rebel fighter? Um, let me look that up really quick. Yeah, he's a rebel fighter also. Okay, I didn't think I was making that up. Um, so Captain Rex under the Saw team is, is what I think the best use in 3v3. So, you know, really the clone or Phoenix will do the same thing for him. Anyway, uh, so for the level three, it's speed up. You want the stacking um, Phoenix one. This is another uncapped stacking. Amazing. And they get offense, 10% offense. It's harder to stack than the clones though, because it's only on specials, uh, but still amazing. Uh, and this is probably the team that will hit up the most in this upcoming 5-5 season. It already is killing GLs um, in Arena and TW, and that's going to continue in 5v5. Different varieties you can use depending on what teams you're fighting, like different comps, you know, Sabine or Chop or Ezra. So yeah, Sabine or Ezra, I guess, or Zed or something like that. But amazing. You do need R5 to use Captain Rex. Captain Rex is level 9, which you probably will want to do. But a lot of people who have Captain Rex unlocked anyway in the first place are probably going for Leia. So he's going to be at R7. If not, R5 is very, very worthwhile for Captain Rex. And Phoenix at R3 is good for the profundity, um, good for their fleets, and it's a good, it's a great team with this data crown. So now the last data crown here is a very, it's a broad one. This is not the Tarful um, data crown. That's a whole nother one. I'm going to cover it in the next set of five. This is just having the level three of speed up and level six of either stun or damage reduction. In this particular example, I put stun. I think that is the most useful, um, but you can put to great effect uh, you can put the Wookiee level level six in a bunch of light side teams. 
You can put uh, at least two Wookiees in, or three Wookiees even, in a dash beam. Now this is if you don't have Tarful, for example, or you don't want to get him. You can put one or two or three Wookiees in a ray team. I've seen some very clever things out of that. Uh, you can, like, timeout-wise, it's pretty, pretty handy. Um, of course, you have the CLS team with, with two Wookiees in there. Uh, you have, yeah, like I said, dash, resistance. There's some very interesting places you can put Wookiees, and with their level six of stun on special, I mean, it's an unresistible, unavoidable stun. The only way you can not get stunned is if the team is uh, immune to stun, like um, you know, Malgus or Starkiller or something like that. Uh, but this is, is great. You can put them on offense, on defense. Everybody has at least at the minimum, you know, Chewbacca and probably Chupio, 3PO and Chupio. Chewbacca and 3PO, I call them Chupio. Um, amazing potential for this. You may, some people may not agree that he's like, this is one of the top five data cons you should have. I think it's unquestionable that you want a Wookiee level six stun in your top five data cons. Fantastic. You can give them all sorts of different stats. Crit Void, you know, there's some clever stuff making like a huge, like full stack Crit Void Kron to put with Ray and give her Vandor and Resistance, um, Resist or not, Veteran Smuggler Chewbacca and the level six. That's a very interesting little setup there. You know, with Ben and L3 or something like that, Ben and Holdo. And even JTR. Uh, some interesting tech in there. So let's move on. Those are the five. Again, two Jedi, clones, Phoenix, and the Wookiee one. So now this good five. So again, this is just 10 data crowns. I think most serious competitive uh, players will have a minimum of 10 data crowns. Not all of these data crowns require level nine, although it's pretty easy to get to level nine now with the shard shop currency, the data cache being so available. So these are ones that I think that the, all 10 of the most competitive players will have. So now we're going to go to the ones that are a bit more flexible or more niche, maybe not in every single game mode, or maybe they only affect one character or it doesn't really elevate the team to a new level. And I think starting out, there's a great example, JMK. He just wants the Jedi stacking and speed up. It's great, it allows him to kill Java easily still. Could it be more valuable in fives where you have other Jedi to gain from the, the foresight? But still, there's usually not a lot of other damaging Jedi in JMK's team. So it's nice, it's very nice but it's not hugely critical. Like, I think he can probably do most of the things, although it does help versus Lord Vader a lot, um, most of the things without this, but this just makes it quite easy and reliable. So, Tarful. This is speed up level three or Dispel. Actually, Dispel is quite nice because the only thing that really shuts down the Tarful team currently is stuns. Like, for example, if you're using Wolfie level 6. Um, so having some potential to clean the stuns or ability blocks or something like that is very helpful. You absolutely must have the force... Uh, the best is to have the foresight defense stacking uh, level 6. That is this one right here. Um, but you also have this... Um, 
damage reduction, which is which is nice. But really, you want the defense stacking. In most situations, it's better. The um, optional one, or the other one to have damage reduction, I'll talk about a little bit in the last my last reference here. So this is Tarful Wookiees. It's very specific. You need to have Tarful Relic up, uh, Relic 5. It's a fantastic team, all the Datacrons around. A fantastic team. JC, TW, 3s, 5s, whatever. Uh, but it's going to lose a lot of its power when the Datacron goes away. Here's another one that's going to lose a lot of power when the Datacron goes away, but is an incredibly powerful team. The downside is, at least when you have gas with level with set 3, um, you're definitely losing a bit because you have to give up the 501st. You could do it with Bad Batch, but 501st is better because it removes a lot of the RNG because you have more than more than five clones attacking, or you have more than five basics. So this is a Cody lead. If you're not familiar with the Cody lead and why this is amazing, it's an infinite loop. So uh, whenever another ally attacks during Cody's turn, that ally and Cody gain 25% meter, turn meter. So right here, that is his uh, six turn cooldown. He is included as one of those allies, so it's five people attacking, reduces the cooldown to one, he takes a turn, cooldowns up, he can go again. But each assist has to score a critical hit. So Cody gives out quite a lot of critical hit on his leadership, 30% um, critical chance to himself and clone allies, so they show up your clones, 30% critical chance, and you want a Datacron with a lot of critical chance. And then the level 9 that Cody gets is, like I said, this turn meter here. So essentially, if you have that, speed up is very nice, no reason to get anything else. And the clone stacking level 6, which gives unlimited stacking of crit damage whenever a basic. So every mass attack that he's doing, there'll be probably 6 basics, uh, maybe 7, because 5s could attack twice, and Echo could attack twice. Um, can I go attack twice, or does it have to be a clone a 501st allies turn? I forget that, but you want fives to attack twice. So there'll be six attacks, um, and that's going to be 30% critical damage every time that Cody uses his mass assist, and that should be every time, assuming they're critting. So there are limitations. You have to be able to gain turn meter, you have to be able to crit. So it sort of takes away a lot of the GLs um, from that target, but as long as a team doesn't have a lot of reactive turn meter or some way to prevent crits, uh, if Koji takes a turn and everybody's cleansed, it'd be easy because usually Rex will be fastest and Rex should be able to cleanse everybody with a special before Cody takes his turn. Um, you should, Cody should go and uh, never stop until everybody's dead. It's a ridiculously powerful team. Um, niche. But super powerful and the only infinite loop available in set 10. Sort of like Marin has an infinite loop available in set 9, uh, but that one is still, I think it's bugged. It is bugged, but they haven't fixed that bug yet. Not being able to take turns over and over. But anyway, maybe there's a bug with this one. I've seen it work once, that's all. Um, but it's pretty awesome. So I would highly recommend this if you can get it going. Again, it's because you have to sort of give up gas, and that team is so good with set 9, I'm not sure how many people will use it. 
I don't know that. I, mean, I don't know that Cody could beat a team that Gas. Yeah, for sure, there's some teams that Cody could beat that Gas could not really beat. Uh, but are you, is it worth it to give up Gas? That's that's an important question. The last one. This is a lot of text here. Um, niche, yeah, niche, nice, niche, niceness. Uh, so this, there's a lot of funny little interesting, powerful, useful interactions. 25 minutes, my goodness. Um, so I'll go over them a little bit. It's, it's formatted in the same way where you talk about different level threes you could use, level six you could use. So product speed up, um, that's very nice. I'm not going to read everything I wrote here. I'll scroll down later. I'll just talk about them as I read the level threes. Product, for instance, is fantastic with Padme Gideon. Gives a little more courage, courage damage, thanks to the affection up mechanic that Gideon uses to translate into courage. Cool. Um, the clone no revive, I think, will be the best datacron for Bad Batch, even with. Set, set nine available um, because the clone no revive allows them to take out teams, especially with Malikos coming out. I'm not sure that Bad Batch will be able to take out the Seer team with Malikos in it, but having no revive available is is great. Helps like to shut down the Night Sisters. A lot of anti Night Sisters stack the no revive, the clone no revive one, um, similar to the Phoenix regen when they get uh, stunned. So there's a few characters on the Night Sisters at Stun. Um, they get 50% turn meter and they recover a 25% health reduction. <laughs> That's crazy. That's amazing. Against a stunning team, Phoenix are going to be going like that. Really, really good. Um, the Jedi and the Wookiee damage reduction are, are quite, quite good. Uh, again, sort of niche but can be, can be very helpful. The Wookiee Grit. Wookiee Grit is again, rather niche. I'm not a huge fan of that. There's no counters right now where it like makes a huge, huge difference. Somewhere it's nice, like in threes, or I guess it, it, it helps slow down, I guess the CLS teams a bit versus the Tarful teams, because Grit stops the exposed damage. Uh, not stop, but it reduces it to like a tiny amount. Um, but still, something to keep in mind is, is useful. The Jedi damage reduction is fantastic. It's been really great in threes using uh, JML and Jedi Knight Cal to kill the Lord Vader teams. Again, it's it's great, great in fives too. I think we'll see more uses of it than we, we see now, especially since there's so many Jedi and you can piece together a lot, a lot of different teams. Um, let's see, besides that, yeah, it's, it's really all about this, again, it's niche. All of these things are very niche, you have to know when to use them. Probably best on offense, especially with set 9. Almost always you're going to put set 9 on defense. Not always, always, but almost always. Um, so keep set the niche set 10 things for offense. So. That's all we have for this, the very first version of the show. Half an hour maybe is a bit long. I'd like to try and do it around 20 minutes, but this does not replace the meta, like the more long form version I'll do in a few days. This is just looking at Datacrons, 
top 10 datacrons that you should focus on to get the most bang for your buck amongst all PvP modes. In my opinion, I love feedback thoughts. Tell me I'm wrong, tell me I'm right. Mostly I'd care to, to know if I'm wrong, to be honest. I, I think that I'm right most of the time, <laughs> although of course that's not true, but I'd like to know when I'm wrong so I can, so I can be more right. So thank you for listening or watching this whole thing. If you have any feedback or any questions or whatever, let me know, send me a DM, pop in Discord, look to YouTube if you're watching it there. Um, good luck with your preparations and cheers.